you listen to many popular financial gurus today, they will encourage families to skip Catholic or homeschooling options and take advantage of free public schools so they can work more and achieve their financial goals faster. We disagree, and we'll share why on this episode of The Catholic Money Show. Education choices for our children abound today. Would you not agree, Jonathan? Absolutely. And they are not all created equal. No, they are not all created (laughs) equal. And it really does depend sometimes on where you live and kind of that surrounding culture. Mm -hmm. And more and more over the last two years, especially Catholic families have been coming to us saying that the public schools in their area, so that their surrounding culture they are no longer a viable option for their children or they don't want them to be, but they feel stuck like they or, have or to Or they wish they would be a viable option. They wish they would be because it could really help if it was. Yeah. But, but they boy, no longer feel like it like is. It doesn't seem like it's going to work for us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, before we dive into this sensitive topic, huge just caveat, don't mishear us. Don't go, don't come at me online saying the Texera said it's sinful to send your children to public school in all circumstances. Stop that. That's not what we're about to say. Public school could be a good option for a Catholic family in certain parts of the country, or maybe you have kids with certain disabilities and only the public school is actually going to be able to service your kid to the degree that they need. Or maybe it's really the only viable option. You got one public school in your area and to drive to a private or a Catholic school um, would be 90 minutes away. And for whatever reason, homeschooling just can't be done by your family. Mm-hmm. Okay. I understand we are in the age of everybody. You know, if somebody comes out with a statement, everybody's got to come in and give their reason why it doesn't apply to them. <laughs> just know that I'm not, I'm not throwing down a blanket saying that this is applicable to everybody under the sun. Okay. <laughs> the Catholic church is a big white umbrella. But I would say we are speaking in this episode to families who desire something else. Mm-hmm. They feel stuck at public school due to the expense of another option, or they feel guilty choosing another option since public school would lighten their family's financial load. Okay. These are the families that we are speaking to. Yes. And before we get into the conversation, I think it just makes sense that we pull in some framing from the church Mm -hmm. and her perspective around education. And we're going to talk about that, but I wanted to read, or maybe you could read it, Jonathan, a section from the catechism 2223. Sure. It says parents have the first responsibility for the education of their children. They bear witness to this responsibility first by creating a home where tenderness, forgiveness, respect, fidelity, and disinterested service are the rule. The home is well suited for education in the virtues. This requires an apprenticeship in self-denial, sound judgment, and self-mastery, the preconditions of all true freedom. Parents should teach their children to subordinate the material and instinctual dimensions to interior and spiritual ones. Parents have a grave responsibility to give good example to their children. By knowing how to acknowledge their own failings to their children, parents will be better able to guide and correct them. Dang. (laughs) That's amazing. I know you had another um, reading from the church. Is that later on? Do you want to share that? Okay. This is huge. I mean, there's... a couple episodes right there, I think. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. We could just take this and unpack it for the next four Man. episodes. But it essentially, I have heard people take this first part of the section. Parents have the first responsibility for the education of their children. And they go ahead and they say, see, this is why homeschooling is the only option and there is no other option. Mm. And that is obviously false. Mm-hmm. That is that's that's false. We are homeschoolers. Well, hybrid homeschoolers, Mm -hmm. we believe God is calling us to homeschool, but I don't think that this sentence means what maybe some people want it to mean. Mm. No matter what, whether you're homeschooling, whether you choose Catholic, private, Christian schooling, or you choose public schooling, this first sentence is always true. 
Absolutely. Parents have the first responsibility for the education of their children. Mm -hmm. If you don't choose to homeschool and you've discerned something else, fine. You have not abdicated this responsibility and you never will. You can't. You can't. It's part of your duty. Mm -hmm. Because education happens all the time outside of the classroom. So it's in the very life that we lead is what helps educate our children, mm-hmm. the life that we live with them. Yes. If anything, what the catechism is saying is here is that our domestic church, you know, our family, this is where we are giving them an education in the virtues and really all other education, academics, social, etc., things that maybe going to a school or you use in your homeschooling curriculum, etc., they build on what you are already doing in your classroom of the home. Mm. And that can never, it just, that can't be stressed enough. But I don't think a lot of parents understand that they have this responsibility, nor, you know, they, they were, they're working during the day or they're tired and they're exhausted. And I get it. And then there was just this lack of intentionality then that this is really the onus is on them. No, you know, oh, I'm outsourcing their education. No, 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 no. It's starting in the home. It's primarily at home. A grave responsibility to give our children good example. And so that fundamental shift is so huge that I we had to share that at the beginning of our conversation um, just because it's that important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I mean, those are some strong words. Grave responsibility to give a good example. Uh, that, I mean, if you think about this, it says, it, it, we're, I'm jumping up earlier, but that this education in the virtues requires an apprenticeship in self-denial, sound judgment, and self-mastery. Apprenticeship. The, the kids are the apprentices. Mm-hmm. Which means we need to be the masters. Which means we need to be... <laughs> As adults, Ah! are we practicing self-denial? Are we practicing good judgment? Are we mastering ourselves? And and to the extent that someone could apprentice under us. Right. That's challenging. You know, is your kid coming up to you being like, why are you on the phone again? Mm -hmm. Or do they see a parent who has boundaries with a phone so that the kid even knows, oh yeah, mom only, she's only on social media an hour a day and then it locks her out and they get to witness that. They get to see that you know, just in these, these human virtues, if you will. Okay, let's move on. So we've, we've gotten that addressed. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we've addressed the caveat. You know, this, this episode is mostly for families who want something else. You're dissatisfied with what options you have right now. Um, and you feel maybe stuck at a public school because other options are expensive You know, if you're going to homeschool, a lot of times it doesn't always have to happen this way, but a lot of times it means one income family. Not always the case. A lot of people are now doing, you know, one income and then kind of half an income from like a side hustle or part time hours. Mm -hmm. That Mm -hmm. happens. I know people who do two incomes, but they flip flop schedules. Sure. That or or it's an one spouse is in medical, a medical career and maybe they work on weekends etc. It can happen, but it oftentimes tends to be a one income situation. Um, or maybe families that feel guilty, like, okay, we are homeschooling, um, or, oh, we are prioritizing Catholic education, but you know what? Uh, it's really sucking the budget dry and we're not mm. making a ton of progress on getting out of debt or saving for emergencies or that house we should buy. Um, and so maybe we should, do a free option because our tax dollars pay for it. And so now because they feel guilted that they ought to be pursuing these financial goals, they're considering an option that maybe they don't really want to. Those are the families we're speaking to. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned it uh, at the beginning, this idea that you'll hear a lot of advice out there pushing people that direction too. Hey, Why are you spending all this money on private school? You could be using that to get out of debt or save up for this or whatever it is. Or even when you go to college to, you know, live in the basement, do all your classes at the community college for as long as possible, and then jump (laughs) up 
to the nearest, cheapest state school for as little time as possible to get the degree. While you're still preferably living in the basement. Yes. <laughs> and so, and this, mm-hmm. uh, again, the, I guess we need another disclaimer. And this isn't to say, well, that do, can't happen. don't do that or do the absolute opposite of that. Right. And go to the most expensive school and take out all the loans and stay there for six years mm-hmm. for your undergrad. <laughs> in an obsolete career field. Yes. <laughs> we're Nobody, not we're not saying that either. But I think you get this this variety or you would get advice on that end of the spectrum when you don't understand all that education is. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. And again, I have not heard anybody talk about this in the way that we're about to talk about this. And I think it really does just boil down to our Catholic worldview and how we see and view education. Almost anybody else that I can think of that is in our field, personal finance, Christian, non-Christian, etc., they would say, oh yeah, what are you doing? Why are you sending your kids to a private school? Why are you homeschooling when you could be doing this financial goal faster or easier? Why are you making life harder on yourself? We're kind of the exception here, and we're going to tell you why. And we're mm-hmm. not going to tell you to be imprudent in this, but we are going to talk to you about why it's a mistake to fall for that. Mm-hmm. The first place I want to start is just by acknowledging that after your relationship with God and your marriage, educating your children is your number one priority. Mm-hmm. We just saw it in the catechism. We have other church documents that we can lean on to enlighten us in this fact. And I think we're going to read a few of those in a little bit. But when I say that, it doesn't mean just school. Absolutely not. Yeah, school uh, only touches on so much of it. And if we only focus on school and what school gets us to, then we lose a huge portion of what education is. Mm-hmm. So if we're looking, if we, if we boil it down to a very utilitarian view, then you go to school when you're a kid, sure, to learn some things, but really to get out of the house so mom and dad can work. Mm-hmm. Daycare. Then when you're older, well, you need to go to high school, some would say, maybe a little more cynical, to keep you out of the labor pool longer. Um, but you need to go to high school so that you can go to college and you need to go to college to to get to the, to get the degree, maybe to get the job or more and more to get the degree so that then you can go get another degree to then hopefully go get the job. Mm -hmm. So all of this is to go get the job. Job training. That's what it is. It's just a conveyor belt into your job, Mm -hmm. into your career. Yes. And that's in one way it's true. There's a small view. That's the way. Yeah, of way so a that big chunk of, of things have been set up that way. Yes, but <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's a utilitarian view of education. Mm-hmm. But I would say that's pretty much reflected in what we're seeing nowadays. And if if you view education very utilitarianly, well, then yeah. If I just need this to go get the job, well, I'm going to figure out the cheapest, most efficient way to do this. Yep. Why do I need to go to, you know, that's a whole other thing, but there'd be certificate programs. There's, you know, okay. All right. We need to get this for this bachelor's degree. How do we get there faster and cheaper? Yeah. Let's do that. Mm-hmm. Or you'd mentioned, you touched on it of, I got to go back to work. So as soon as my mm-hmm. child is, you know, three, I'm putting them in preschool and they're just going to be now out of my hair for the next 15 years because I have this thing that I can put them in while I can go work. Mm-hmm. And that's another faulty view. It might be for those who choose a school, that might be reality, but it can't be the reason we choose it. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's just, it's not, that's not a good enough reason to choose that for our children. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's got to be other things that we are choosing in addition to this happens to be really convenient and I get to go work now. Yeah. The same way that that's there. Well, yeah, the job training aspect of it is there as well, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean it's the 
only thing there. If we treat education as getting the, the prerequisites for the job I'm looking for, then we are cheating education of what it is or what it could be. Yeah. So let's dive into talking a little bit more about that. A lot of Catholic schools, you know, they'll provide different types of um, education. And this is more at the collegiate level. But you'll hear a term often of, you know, we we teach liberal arts or we're, mm. we do the classics. And when you start hearing, these are kind of buzzwords nowadays. Sure. And when I hear these things, what what they're really trying to convey is something they're they're trying to say that we educate from something deeper. This is not just memorize, regurgitate on a test situations. And what they're trying to say is that the goal of education is to develop the whole person. Absolutely. Including their spiritual, their intellectual, their physical, their psychological, their social, their moral, their religious capacities to develop somebody as an entire person. And that has to be completely integrated all together and preferably integrated in our faith. Mm-hmm. And that is prob- that's where the public school system falls short. And mom and dad could make up to that to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But this human formation needs to be at the forefront of education as Catholics. Yeah, one of the benefits that we see of doing this homeschool hybrid thing that we're doing mm-hmm. is that the kids get to have this opportunity to... Follow directions from someone else. I love that. To be <laughs> in an environment with other children, mm-hmm. and you know, younger than them, older than them, their same age, and interact with them, learn how to do that well. So there's a lot of things, but never once did I just mention, oh, well, the math curriculum. Never. And the science. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Never. We see all these, there's so many other benefits there. Mm-hmm. Or even in the... Um, the homeschool volleyball team mm-hmm. that you coach, mm-hmm. one of the big takeaways. We're I undefeated. Think. <laughs> I had to slip that in. <laughs> the eight and nine year old girls. <laughs> so there's certainly the, the, uh, the athletic excellence part of it. But you've been talking about how you've witnessed it, or even as assistant coach, you've participated in the character formation of yeah. these girls. Yeah how to speak with one another, how to encourage each other, how to correct each other, call each other out, mm-hmm. um, how to ask forgiveness when maybe you were a little harsh with a teammate, how to forgive a teammate that maybe hurt your feelings. These are all part of the the whole mm-hmm. of what we're trying to do here in, in addition to winning games yeah, and so playing our best. There's so much to education. It, mm-hmm. is, it is forming the whole person. Uh, the church teaches, so this is um, it's from St. Pope Paul VI in Gravissimum Educationis. How's you your Latin? I, you can tell I didn't take Latin <laughs> in high school uh, or any school for that matter. But it says, for a true, for true, sorry, for a true education aims at the formation of the human person in pursuit of his ultimate end and of the good of the societies of which, as man, he is a member and in whose obligations as an adult he will share. Mm. In the pursuit of his ultimate end and the good of society. So his ultimate end. Heaven. Heaven. So education for aims at the formation of the human person in pursuit of them getting to heaven. And along the way, the good of the society in which they are a member and who they have obligations to because they're living in it. Yeah. The common good. The common good. Mm -hmm. That is education. That is education. And if we're only worried about math and I mean, is this going to be have enough AP classes in the curriculum? Ooh, yeah. Is this going to, you STEM. know, what's the status symbol that this school is going to give me? Um, how many marks on my kids? Yeah. How many ways can I one up that other family so that we can be ahead academically, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. If that's what you're looking at, you're probably missing the real point of education. Mm-hmm. 
not saying that we're going to celebrate mediocrity and that you shouldn't challenge your kids to do as excellent in their work as possible, but those should not be our pursuit. Mm -hmm. It just misses it. If we hone in on just the academic at the exclusion of all the other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, It's funny, Mount, this is all kind of turning into a volleyball episode, but um, (laughs) again, in terms of this homeschool volleyball team, we were talking with a friend of ours who their daughters also do this. They've been doing it for a while about the costs of the program. There's financial costs. Yep. There's time costs. Yes. You know, the, the practices twice a week and the games and all mm-hmm. this. And then for them, that time cost is even higher because they live farther away. Yep. And she was telling us about those costs. Yeah. And she essentially just said, you know, as homeschooling families, we're going to be paying somewhere in either our time or in our resources, you know, our financial resources, but what's the trade-off? What's the Mm. benefit? What's the other costs? What are the other costs? Like, let's say we chose to just, we want, we didn't want to drive. And so we just let our kids make friends in the neighborhood that were maybe subpar in their moral compass. Well, that's a massive cost for now my children. Mm -hmm. Or I decided to send them to a school that was so out of alignment with our worldview that my child's soul has now been jeopardized because they've left the faith because their friends influenced them negatively. Mm -hmm. Well, my gosh, do I wish I would have paid 300 bucks or driven 30 minutes (laughs) to get them involved in a formation of the human person that exposed them to the academics or to the, the athletics, but to people and situations that were going to build and help me do what I'm trying to do as a parent. There's always going to be a cost. And if you're just looking at what's going to be the cheapest to me and what's going to be the closest, well, sometimes the cost then is our own children. Dang. So boom. There we go. Wow. So <laughs> we're going to sign up for homeschool basketball now, even though it's going to be a 30 minute drive. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's wrap up this but section. But that's exactly, there's the, there's a cost. There is a cost. Whether, there's there's yep. the financial cost. There's time cost. There's like spiritual cost. Yeah, there is. Or benefit to all these things. Yes. Cost and benefit. You just have to know what and you're paying. And if we ignore everything except the financial cost or benefit. Mm-hmm. We're cheating ourselves. Yes. And we can make a terrible decision. Yes. And this is education, which we're talking about, but all sorts of things, all sorts of uh, opportunities, almost every choice that we're making has a cost. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about some of those. The last part thing that I wanted to round out this section with of just what makes it, what makes Catholic, the Catholic worldview and how we see education may be different than any other worldview and how it approaches education. And it comes down to this. I think as Catholics, we view education as teaching us how to think and engage with the world instead of what to think. Mm. It's just such a fundamental shift in so many places We're just being crammed an agenda down our throats and we're just supposed to receive it and regurgitate it. Instead, the church is always trying to get us to teach us how to think so that when we enter any situation, we can discern and understand it properly, integrated completely with who we are as persons and who our Lord is. Instead of I'm on this conveyor belt that's now just going to cram things down my into my mind and teach me what to think and how to think. It's never going to teach me. um, I think I mixed that up there, but it's going to teach me what to think about things instead of teach me the skills I need in order to think about it myself. Mm -hmm. And I think that, yeah, we could go round and round about that in general. But if if no matter what you choose for your family, that one is something we have to pay attention to as Catholics. If we're sending our children into a situation where it's not teaching them how to think about the world, we automatically need to have our flags go up 
are red flags. This is this is scary. This is scary situation. This is dangerous territory um, because that could get incompatible with our belief system really, really quickly. Sure. So we talked about these different types of costs, the importance of true, deep, meaningful education. But we can't ignore the financial costs. Nope. They are there. So it doesn't you, matter. This could be like the perfect school and it costs a hundred million dollars a semester. Yes. I'm not going to send our kids to it. Or I, I literally saw, <laughs> I, I, I was just curious, like a, a Catholic school out in California, mm. a high school, it was literally $65,000 no. a year. For high school? For one child. <laughs> That's off. Unless you're in the 1%. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> it still might not. <laughs> $65,000. I literally always like, I, I need to call this school up and we need to talk about how accessible are you making this Holy to families. Smokes. Yikes. <laughs> but yes, so we're going to talk about that. Some What are acceptable trade-offs and what are some unacceptable trade-offs? Because at mm. the end of the day, you do need to think about your financial reality. It's not nothing. Mm. It is one kind of grain of sand, if you will, that you're going to be putting on the, the scale along with all the other things. It matters. And so we're going to talk about, let's just, just flesh out a few practical situations that could help people discern. Because if the financial cost is too high for you, you're going to be so stressed out and mad and the whole thing that we talked about earlier. Yep, it could compromise all that. Having a home well suited for education in the virtues. Yeah. is out the window. Oh yeah, you're a stressed out jerk. <laughs> so you're like yeah, panic so paying too high a financial cost yes. for even a great education can put the fundamental education of your children at risk. Yeah. Yep. So you have to weigh things prudently and we have episodes on discernment. So that, mm -hmm. that, that comes in here too, but let's just, let's give a few examples. Sure. Okay. All right. So I send my kid to this Catholic school mm -hmm. and it's going to mean that it is going to take us two years to pay off our debt instead of if we sent them to the public school and we will get it done in one. It's just going to be one more year. Do it to it. This is an example of a no-brainer trade-off. <laughs> it's just two years instead of one. So easy in this discernment. Why would you not choose that option? Mm -hmm. It's easy. It's a uh, softball. I think about it. I, I, I don't know what it was I thought about earlier. But you're saying, oh, it's a year. It's two years, you know. I can think back. Even into <laughs> elementary school, you, you know, two months was forever. No, no, no. And thinking oh. if I was in a different environment for those two years, mm -hmm. what would things be like? Mm, right. I interesting. Wouldn't, yes. have, wouldn't have made friends with that kid who I probably shouldn't have. Sure. Yeah. Wouldn't have, you know, mm -hmm. there's a lot of things going on. So even, even that short time frame can even be important. Right. Yes, absolutely. Now, on the other hand, if sending your kid to this school or kids means that you'll never become debt free and you might not ever, you might not even be able to pay your bills month to month. Unacceptable. You probably shouldn't go to that school. And the reason why it's not acceptable is that our, it violates our duty as parents to provide for those entrusted to our care. Is that rerum novarum? think so um i'm mm, am I, maybe the catechism okay but it explicitly says that we are to take charge take care of those under our charge mm -hmm. even scripture says this if you don't provide for those under your care you're worse than an unbeliever Yeet. and so this is a you can't oh send them to this to this school and now the lights went out on your home or you were not able to feed your kids not an acceptable trade-off mm-hmm all right, let's move on to another example. So let's, let's send him to school. Let's talk about homeschool. Let's talk about homeschool. And maybe if it means one income. I think, I think a lot of the time it, it does. It does most of the time. Because somebody's got to be schooling. Yes. 
And that doesn't just take two seconds. It does in the early years. Yes, and but then, then you actually have to teach them things sudden, when they get older. <laughs> second, third grade, the tables turn. <laughs> That's <is> real math. <laughs> yeah, so let's say homeschooling means one income. And so maybe the trade-off here is, all right, we're going to live simply and intentionally. But all of our obligations are met. We're still able to give about 10%. And our children, they still also have opportunities to a well-rounded education of the human person that includes not only the academics that we're going to go after, but Mm. also their giftedness. So whether that's athletics or music or the arts, we can't exclude that. I love Mike and Alicia Hernan will talk about that even Mm -hmm. when, when they're teaching families to talk about their, their budgets. I think I forget their, I'm going to butch it right now if I try it on the podcast, but essentially your financial priorities should be, um, oh, butcher, butcher it. (laughs) It's rephrases so much. Um, it's kind of, (laughs) it's like God and then your marriage, like it goes down the list, but on one of the things that you ought to be prioritizing is your children's giftedness. Mm -hmm. And that if you just leave not a penny for any of that or not an opportunity for any of that. That's not okay. Yeah. It's when, it doesn't it's mean when you're, they're making your volleyball. plans for the, for the year and all this stuff. Yes. It it's doesn't like, mean they're playing a on a, they're not playing on a traveling team. It doesn't, that's not where you have to go with it, but you do need to make that a priority. So in this situation, this family's living simply, they're still giving their kids do have access to that well-rounded education and the giftedness. Well, that's a, you know what? You're going to be living simply and intentionally, and that's going to mean there probably won't be a lot of wiggle room, but this is an absolutely acceptable Mm trade-off. And you're going to make some sacrifices, but if this is what you'd like to do to prioritize and protect the ability to homeschool, this is absolutely a good trade-off. Now, let's talk about the other. On the other hand. On the other hand. Going down to that one income, maybe that will mean, though, that you live perpetually on government assistance, on credit cards, you're hardly being able to give anything, and you're scraping by to provide the basic necessities. So you're not having those additional formation opportunities of the athletics and, and the music and the arts and all that stuff. It's, well, we're at home, and it's school. Mm-hmm. It's homeschool. Yeah. <laughs> that would not be an acceptable trade-off. No, no, it would not. And I do want to add a, a tiny caveat there. Of I'm not saying that government assistance is is a sin. It's not. Absolutely It's not. okay for certain seasons, but mm-hmm. it's not a long-term plan. Or at least it ought not to be. It's not a great... It's not going to bring peace to your family if the plan is that for the next 25 years, we're on government assistance. Mm-hmm. It's just not going to be good for you in a season. Even if it's a couple of years, fine, but this is not a long-term strategy that I would recommend for anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, there, there's something to, uh, going out, working, making your living. That's good for us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There are times when all sorts of things could be happening and we're not able to do it to the degree that we would like to. Yep. That's where this, I mean, that's, I think where a lot of this is designed to help you out for a bit. Yes, absolutely. And that's fantastic. It helps bring a lot of stability to families. Mm-hmm. But yeah, being on there for decades probably isn't that great. Also, it also those programs are going to change all the time. They change. So you're just going to have an additional uncertainty or yeah, a whole different breed of uncertainty than you are in, other other parts of your life. It can also it can honestly cause scandal and actually make our culture even more anti life than mm. it already is. Oh sure. Looking sure. for any possible opportunity to say, see, you've got a bunch of kids and you can't even afford them. Mm. And again, some big families ought to sometimes use government assistance in appropriate situations. But again, it's not a long-term plan. It's not a long-term play. Mm-hmm. I, and we've, we have seen, 
you know, in some of those fundamentalist Mormon groups that I think were busted mm. up a few years ago down in Arizona, um, I think, or maybe the, I don't know the whole situation. But one of the the things that they how they found this group was essentially that um, because the men had only one wife, but they had like legally had thirty yeah. spiritual wives. Those women were essentially, you know, single moms, mm -hmm. but they had a lot of children and they were essentially just using this as a way to bleed the government dry, hmm. essentially on benefits. And this was how their community provided for itself instead of actually contributing in a meaningful way. And so there is an appropriate and good and responsible way to use government assistance and I would advocate for that if it's really going to help your family, but it's not a long-term game plan. Mm -hmm. And I would not advocate for homeschoolers sitting around high-fiving each other that they, you know, they, they greased the government <laughs> yet again. You know, it's just not, it's not a good example, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. to sit there and just be pulling the strings about how you, um, you know, you really got it on Uncle Sam. Is that the right phrase? Yeah, that works. Uncle Sam, is that the government? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So we, yeah, so there's government assistance, but also don't be scared of or too proud to, or whatever, look into other forms of assistance. Mm. Yes. You know, there's probably, I mean, you know, you've, if you've listened to the podcast enough, you've heard an episode or two about when Wallet went got started because I lost my job mm -hmm. and it was a pretty rocky start there for a while. Uh, understatement of the century. <laughs> we didn't even, at least I, didn't didn't even think about, let alone government assistance, but St. Vincent de Paul. Right. Or Catholic Charities or the multitude of other organizations that exist in this world to help people who need a little bit of help. We ought to have looked into we it. We needed some help. We just, I mean, <laughs> we, we, had, we had emergency savings and we lived off of that. And somehow the Lord came through and provided for yes. everything we needed. Yes, and so, you know what? Those who maybe didn't have emergency savings were able to be helped. Mm -hmm. and, and that's fine. That we're, We were happy that we had that. But it, it was painful. It was a painful year. Living simply <laughs> might be sounding. Simply living. That sounds like luxury compared to <laughs> how that first year of business looked. <laughs> we were living so basic. It was... Uh, it was quite humbling, but it was so good. Sometimes I'm so proud sure, of that sure. year, actually, yeah, it worked out. It worked and out. just um, that that served as the bedrock for our business. So, but I would encourage if you're listening to this, and you, it, we it, we're just trying to throw out these examples, right? And we have to make it so one is like, oh yeah, that works. The other one, oh yeah, that really doesn't work. Maybe you're on the bubble. Maybe yeah, right. Maybe having a little bit of assistance, however it might come to you, and from who whomever it may come, is really going to help. Yep. And make certain things possible that wouldn't otherwise be. Absolutely. And so that could be that way. That could also be um, like reaching out to the school. There's tuition See assistance. See what they've got going on. Yeah, there's tuition. Even at the $65,000 a year Catholic high school in California, mm -hmm. they had a statistic that, you know, 10% of our families don't pay anything. And then I just saw yesterday, um, I, I forget where it was, maybe a Time Magazine article that Princeton is now not going to charge families. If, if somebody gets in and their family makes less than a hundred thousand dollars, they don't have to pay at all. Wow. Now you got to get into Princeton. And if you don't, if you're not a, a current donor or an alumni, it's going to get really, really hard to do that. <laughs> but in theory, this looks really good. But I do think some kids that are extremely academically gifted and their families don't don't earn a high income, they're going to be able to take advantage of that. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. There's options like that. There's scholarships. There's tuition assistance opportunities. There's work opportunities. Even at the Catholic high school I went to, um, you know, you could stay after and empty the trash in the classrooms for, for just an hour. No kidding. Yeah, I think my brother did that. Huh. Might have done. I never did that. Hmm. I played sports. <laughs> he did tuition assistance. <laughs> that was his saving money was his sport. Yeah. Um, but there's always an option. 
Mm-hmm. And you just never know. This is why a lot of schools, especially private schools, will um, have fundraisers during the year. They are socking away money so that they could help literally anybody who really wanted to go here. They could make it possible. Even even hybrid programs have that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, if it's a private entity, it oftentimes will have some ability to have donor dollars. And they want to help families who want to make this an option and who feel stuck and trapped in a different way, but want to go ahead and see this become a reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you might find yourself stuck thinking you've only got these two paths in front of you. But instead of just giving up and and giving in to this false dichotomy that you that is before you, think what might be another possible way forward. Mm-hmm. How might we provide this education that we want to without going broke? Mm-hmm. How could we do this for this much a month instead of whatever it is? Or how can we, man, if we made an extra $400 a month, I think this would all work out pretty well. Mm-hmm. Well, how might we find $400 more a month? And that brings me to the next option. Another lever that you could pull to make this an option would be side hustles. So that parent who maybe is going to be staying home and doing most of the homeschooling or if there is, if it's a one income family and you're, you're prioritizing Catholic schooling, but it's just a little bit of a pinch, a side hustle. And you know what? We are in the day and age of side hustles. <laughs> I it really, everybody's got a side hustle now. And, and some of them are more lucrative than others. So, you know, I encourage you to do one that's going to bring you as much profit with as little time possible. We teach these inside of our Waltwin Academy. I literally just taught how I made a couple hundred dollars an hour doing thrift store arbitrage. And if you don't know what that means, it's a fancy word of saying I went into a thrift store, found a ton of really good deals, and I sold them for a lot more money somewhere else. (laughs) (laughs) But that's a skill. Um, And that's one that, you know, what we probably would like, we don't really need it if you will, if, you know, our business provides us an income, Mm -hmm. but this is just something Amanda is really good at. And then I do that. And then our family has a couple hundred extra dollars a month that we usually use on maybe family outings or lately it's been adoption expenses. Mm -hmm. We usually use it for kind of whatever's discretionary at that time, whatever, if we're trying to do some, you know, save up for something as a family or, um, pursue adoption that's kind of where those those go. Mm-hmm. So it's just a little yeah, extra. Yeah, well, well, one time but it was like souvenir money or something for a for vacation Disney. or something like no, that. No, it, it was it was our eating money at Disney and there our souvenir money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, this could be a viable option for you, a side hustle, a well-chosen side hustle. I, I hear people doing drop shipping. I hear people making hot chocolate cocoa bombs. Um, people selling things in craft fairs. You could get your family involved. Mm-hmm. You could have one kid come even... over a week and you you just babysit an extra kid. Mm-hmm. The options are so limitless nowadays is what I'm trying to get at here. It doesn't mean you have to go become a freelance writer or your one idea of a side hustle that you heard from a friend. You can really find something that is right up your alley with your interests, your skills, and your availability. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, that, that that's just an option. Yeah. Another reason I want you to be thinking about in evaluating this and trying to find that other way forward is things might feel a lot tighter. Things might feel like, oh, man, I just I don't think there's the money for this. It might, some of that might be you just got to tighten things up. You got to pay a little bit more attention. Mm-hmm. You need to be budgeting. Maybe start budgeting. Maybe pay Absolutely. attention to it a little Minimum. bit more. So you have a more comprehensive financial game plan. You're thinking about it more. You're being more intentional across the board. Mm-hmm. That's going to help you make every dollar you have do more work for you. Yes. And some of that, maybe you'll free up a couple of those Georges to go over to the school and take care of tuition. 
Absolutely. Yeah. I love that you mentioned a comprehensive financial game plan because so many people, they, they think, oh, I've got one or two things going. So, so we're fine. You know, we budget and that's really all we do. It's just not enough. You, you need a budget. You, we recommend YNAB. You need a budget. That's the name of the software. You do. But the budget is a tool that you use to move and make progress towards your next best financial goal. It in itself is not a goal. It's just a skill that you need to have mm. for the management of money. And it is what makes everything else happen and possible. So if you're just budgeting every month, great, fine. What are you doing? What is the budget making possible for you? Is it cracking open the door to make it possible to go to Catholic school or to homeschool? Is it giving you the opportunity to know how much you can pay towards debt? Is it helping you save for that emergency fund? You can't just have this silo of a budget and then I don't have anything else going for us. It has to be part of a bigger picture, part of a bigger system. And that's what we teach inside our Catholic Money, a course uh, that's located inside of our WalletWin um, membership, our Catholic Money Academy. A lot of words there I threw at you. <laughs> They're all jumbled in the same spot in my brain. But this is what we teach. We don't want you to just have a silo one-off skill. We want you to have a real comprehensive game plan where everything kind of works together and everything's kind of supporting each other. I'm thinking about uh, like a really good athlete, maybe mm -hmm. a gymnast. Okay. When they're doing their thing, they are in control of like the whole body. Yes. They are telling the toes what to do, their knees, they got the arms tucked the right way. Everything is doing exactly what they are telling it to do mm -hmm. because they've trained and they've practiced and it's just become a skill that they have and I do not. Sure. I could watch it. I can think. Performance I could be different. told <laughs> you need to do this and this and this and this and this. Okay, got it. And then I try to dive in the water, jump off the diving board or whatever. It's bad. <laughs> it doesn't look as pretty. It probably hurts a whole lot more because I just don't have those skills built up. Yeah. With money, it's this, it's the same thing where you build up the skill of budgeting. You build up thinking, Oh yeah, I don't need to pay that much for that kind of a thing. Oh, I could, I could fix that. Like, there's just, there's so many little money muscles that you don't even know existed before. And then you've strengthened them and you're moving them and you're, you're doing it all the time. That's what this comprehensive game plan can do for you mm -hmm. is that it, it helps you develop these, these skills you didn't even know were possible and existed. And then you're doing it without even thinking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Last, certainly not least, um, as far as a strategy that you might be able to pull to make something you know, an alternative education option happen would be we're in the rise of co-ops and hybrids. And it's been fun to see. I just, I think that it's going to be the new um, trend, if you will. I, I, I see a lot more Catholic schools linked to parishes over the next 20 years. A lot of them are probably going to shift more to the, the classical model we're starting to see become really popular in Catholic schools. Uh, we might even see some of them embracing the hybrid option. Um, and so I think that over the next 20, 25 years, we're going to see a huge shift in a lot of these things. But even right now, co-ops and hybrids exist and we are part of one of them. Mm -hmm. And we are what are called drop-off parents. <laughs> but we could if we had discerned this as the best fit for our family, become parents who also work at the hybrid. And so on Mondays and Thursdays, when our kids go to the center, instead of just dropping them off, that those are the days that I work on WalletWin and Jonathan and I do things together. That's why we're drop-off parents. Mm -hmm. um, but if I had other days that I could work, well, I could work at the hybrid school and I could be an assistant or I could be the tutor for fourth grade. I could be the tutor for, for a particular grade or a classroom. Um, 
I could work in some administrative capability and the money that I'm going to be earning from that would then offset the tuition expense for my kids. Mm -hmm. And I think that that automatically makes it a world more affordable for many families mm-hmm. um, because a lot of times the the hybrid models will be just a, almost just as expensive um, as maybe a, a Catholic private school, except you're only going there two or three days a week instead of five, um, but they aren't getting the subsidies from the parish. So it does have to cost a little bit more, but that's mm-hmm. a great way to all of a sudden now make this more affordable automatically. Mm-hmm is to be doing serving in some capacity so that you can get a tuition discount. Yes. Education, the education landscape looks incredibly different than it did when even we were growing up. Oh my, yes. Uh, And I imagine over the next however many years, it's going to change even more. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, I think a lot of those changes are going to mean slimmer pickings for Catholic families, they're going to have to make maybe tougher decisions or uh, tougher situations are going to come up for them to figure out how are they going to provide a good and true education for their children. Mm-hmm. But it's possible. It is. It's doable. And you can say yes to the things you are called to and do it while making progress towards your financial goals instead of having to pick one or the other. Nope. We don't want to go for the fool's choice. We want to have our cake and eat it too. Mm. <laughs> and that's something that if 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 that's if this episode has been inspiring to you and you are thinking, gosh, I really do want to make this possible. I want to make progress towards this. I want to have my cake and eat it too. I want to protect what it is that our family feels called to prioritize, but I also don't want to just blow off and neglect these financial goals that we need to make progress towards. Well, why don't you start a free trial inside of our Catholic Money Academy? You can head on over to walletwin.com slash start my trial. Start my trial. And go ahead and take two weeks. Get on in there, kick the tires, check things out. You can cancel any time. Uh, but you'll find in there our Catholic Money course, which is our walkthrough step-by-step of our wallet win method where we teach the 12 money milestones and then you're also going to get access to ongoing financial formation every single month we do coaching uh, where you get an opportunity to ask questions and we will answer them live and then we also provide different formative opportunities on how to maybe boost your income or save money Or we even interview other Catholic experts in the finance world, maybe on setting up 529s, et cetera, um, tax-favored giving, yada, yada, yada. We cover those types of things inside the membership. So head on over to walletwin.com slash start my trial and begin now. Until next time, bye for now. This podcast is part of the Spoke Street Network. For more great podcasts, visit Spokestreet.com. Thanks for joining us today. You can learn more about this show and the Wallowin program at Wallowin.com. Music in this episode is from Dylan Gardner. Listen to his new album, Almost Real, on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your music. See you next week.